I lay down my life. 
this is important. I want to show you this cup. It's so important that you grab guests, that you grab this free mug. Say free. free. People like free stuff. So grab your free awesome mug. It keeps your hot stuff hot and your cold stuff cold. It's a really good mug. Uh, so don't forget to grab that at the information booth on your way back, uh, on your way out, guests. And those that are watching live stream, you can text the word online to the number that's on your screen. We appreciate you joining us this morning. During these times, it's good to come together, you know, in the house, but also online to join together. We can hook up in faith. Amen. So those that, you know, you're not into the texting stuff, you can also fill out one of the connection cards in the chair back in front of you. Let's stand together. You know, I tell the youth when we get ready to do praise and worship, I go, I like to start out standing because that's important. I just, something about starting out standing together. So if you're able to stand, go ahead and stand and let's enter into praise and worship together as a family of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my turn Till I made I was breathing but not Alive. All my failures I try to hide. It was my dream yeah. till I made you come.
Yes, Lord, your spirit is here. We acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge you being with us and not just with us, but in us. And we declare, we know that you're Lord, but we declare you as Lord in our life. Hallelujah. We declare you as king in our life in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your peace. Thank you that we do not have a care in this world because you are our Lord. You are Father. And we lay back and we rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's important that we remind ourselves who our Father is. Who's your daddy? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're going to continue to worship and give and praise the Lord. That's an exciting time. That's why in Corinthians they say be hilarious, happy givers. Because we know who our source is. Praise the Lord. I wanted to read something to you that's familiar to most. But the word of God never gets old. Amen. Never gets old. Praise the Lord. In John chapter 6, as you prepare to give and worship the Lord in your giving, in verse number 1, it says, In these things Jesus went over, after these things Jesus went over the sea of Galilee, which is in the sea, the sea of uh, Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed Jesus because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes. Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But listen to this. But this Jesus said to test Philip, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered, 200 denarii, I think that's how you pronounce it, worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a, a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to Jesus, there is a kid here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. 
But what are they among so many people? There's so many good things to bring out here. But what uh, I do want to mention is what Jesus, what it says that Jesus said. It says, for he knew in himself what he would do. But he asked them, he asked him, what do you have? How are we going to feed these people? And, of course, the other disciple responded back about how many barley loaves and two fish that they have. I do want to encourage you this morning. He already know what you have. But, you know, until they gave, he couldn't multiply. Amen? Until they gave, he couldn't multiply. And we know how God does when he blesses. So it doesn't matter how small your gift even how big your gift. Whatever that tug is, we know the first fruit, the tide, belonged to him off the top. But whatever you have in your heart to give, give that and let him be concerned about the multiplying because we can't multiply. But until we give it, he can't do anything with it. And he's our source. Amen? And that's the way it works. It's just that simple. They gave it, and he multiplied it. But if they didn't give it, he couldn't do anything. And he already knows what he wants to do for you. He already knows it. I think it's in Ephesians he said that whatsoever we ask or think. So even if you don't ask, you're just thinking it. He's ready to do it. Praise the Lord. So there's multiple ways to give. Of course, we're, we're still we're not passing the buckets. But there's many ways to give in reference to your, your tithe and your offering. You can drop it in the box there on the way out. There's a kiosk. You can give online, which my wife and I, we mostly give online. It's just quick, fast, and easy. And doesn't give the devil any time to put any thoughts in your head about anything. Uh, now, shut up. Mm, boom, it's gone. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. No room. So there's plenty of opportunities to give, and uh, we're excited. You know, God is faithful. We don't go by what's happening in the world. We go by what's happening in his word and the Holy Ghost. Amen. So let's agree together. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that your word is true. Ah, you look out for us in ways that we can't even explain, and we don't even know sometimes. Thank you that the cares that we have, the concerns that we have, we cast them on you concerning our life and our finances. That you are our Father and you have already provided. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us to see that. That you are our source, Father. You're the one that we depend on. And the world doesn't determine whether our needs are met. Because you already have met them by your riches and glory. In Christ Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Aren't you excited about being a child of God? Amen, I am. I'm not just saying that. I do want to make a couple quick announcements. It's important that you know that Grounded, Grounded, my awesome friend Keith and his lovely wife Sue, they do such a great job on Saturdays, prayer at 5.30 and 6 p.m. Amen, you're going to clap, just clap. They do a great job, and so thank God for them. And, uh, but this coming Saturday, since we have Nate Tanner, we don't want to, you know, kind of mush the times together and, just want to make sure that we give Nate Tanner and the opportunity and things that we have going on because we're excited about that also. 
So we are not going to have grounded this coming Saturday. It's going to be suspended just for this coming Saturday. So that doesn't mean that you don't have to come. You still come. Amen. But you're just coming for another reason. Amen. So that's one announcement. And then in reference to your youth. Hallelujah. Thank God for our youth. I'm excited about our youth. We got some great youth. And I just want to encourage you that um, there is a Holy Spirit-led ministering that's going on with our youth on Wednesday at 6 at 6.30. And uh, God is faithful. I'm excited about the things that he's doing and what he's going to do. So it's a safe area. Let them young'uns come. Amen. If you're from the South, you know what young'uns mean. Amen. But bring them, have them to come on Wednesdays at 6.30. We have a great team. Of course, my wife and I and Hank and Janine and, and Brendan and, and, and uh, Stephanie. It's uh, we have people there that love kids, love uh, preteens, love teenagers. And that's what they need nowadays. They need the love of God. Amen. So they're getting the word in them and they're having fun. Actually, we were blessed this week also. You know, when I first took over the youth, the only person I mentioned it to, we were back in the youth room, was Karin. I was just, there's so many things going in my head concerning what I want to do with the youth in the youth room. And uh, so I just mentioned to her, I was like, you know, I would like to get some bean bags and then some more chairs. But that's all I said when we were talking. So this past week, that was like a, oh, two months or so ago, Brendan called me. He goes, hey, T, um, long story short, he's like, there's a church here that's wanting to get rid of some bean bags and uh, some chairs. And I was thinking, I don't know, does T have any use? Do you want those? And he, I was like, yeah, man, bring them on. Praise the Lord. And so they get this, we went there, and I was talking to the administrator. She said, before COVID-19, before COVID-19, they tried to sell them. They couldn't sell them. She said, we just, we lowered the price, price we couldn't sell them. And then she said, we was going to give them away. And about that time when they said they were going to give them away, it was about the time I think Stephanie or Brendan got in contact with her. And these are, listen, y'all, I've never seen some big, those are some huge bean bags. I mean, they're nice and some nice you know, chairs. And, you know, I, I sat in those bean bags. They just swallowed me up like a, like a slice of butter and some hot grits. I just, <laughs> yeah. So those kids are going to love it. We're excited about it. So I just thought, hey, and he provided. Mm. Woo. Praise the Lord. Come on up. <laughs> Whoa. Thank you, my brother. I love what you've done with your hair today. <clears throat> <laughs> he keeps he keeps me on guessing you know how creative creative he gets with his hair every day you know it's like man that's awesome <laughs> oh, i love this man thank you for for t and stacy thank you for our tech guys i'm really especially grateful for all our tech people this morning this morning was one of those days when we got here it felt like all the wires got unplugged somehow some little gremlin got in the system or whatever and man the, the guys were pulling out all the stops and clint and brendan and all of them were were just and so many people jumped in and made it work so if you're watching online today i'm telling you what it was this close you nearly didn't have any stream today so so no we're grateful for for all the tech that goes out there and and getting the word out there and and uh, you know just stay hooked up because i really believe god has got something for you this morning so let's just pray father I just thank you for everybody within the sound of my voice. 
whether they're watching from home or a bedroom or a kitchen or maybe they're even watching this after and not live. But Father, I know that you've spoken to my heart, Lord, and I, and I believe that there you have a solution for every problem, that you are provider for every, every lack. So we speak to lack, lack you are gone in Jesus' name. If you have a need this morning and you have something dramatic facing you medically, um, I want to encourage you, get hooked up, stay hooked up. Hear what, not what Shannon or Lake Haven has to say to you, but hear what God has to say for you. There is a word in season. There is a word in season from him. Just, just uh, you know, just whatever it takes, just, just put your eyes on the Lord and just say, Lord, I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. And I open my heart to hear what you're saying to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, um, so, yes, we are in the month of September. And this month we are talking about the rallying call. That's the theme this month of September. Um, the rallying call. Funny thing is, you know, um, Corin mentioned this. She said she couldn't believe it. This, this image, just so that you know, I, when I had this, I was struggling with the title. What do we call this? Because God has put this, this theme on my heart, and, and I believe it's really particular for us as a body of Christ, but also most especially for Lake Haven. And I said to Corin, I don't know what it is. And, and she, you know, she had some, some options for uh, images as we were thinking, and then she said, and she gave one of them, and I said, yes, that's it. Something like there's a, a dawn or or a, there's, there's a dawn rising. There's like a, we're entering, there, there's, a, there's something new happening, and we need to be ready for what's, what's ahead. And then Karen, came, a couple of days later or whatever, came back to me excited. She says, Shannon, I found just the image. And she said, and you know, you know who posted this image? From his residence, from his place, right? At his, this is his backyard. This is, Nate Tanner took this picture. Oh, like, like two weeks ago, Nate, who's coming to, from us from Kansas City, this is his backyard, tough, tough backyard, right? So, um, but uh, he took that image, so I was like, man. <laughs> so we're excited about Nate coming. You're going to love Nate. Um, you heard a little bit of him. If you have not listened to Nate, we had a video last week. I spoke for a little bit at first, and then, and then there was a video from Nate. I want to encourage you, go back online, listen to last week's, because if you, you, Nate started sowing some seeds about what's coming what's going to happen next week and it is a it, you're going to enjoy next week um i i know that some people just be, by force of circumstances won't be able to make it and unfortunately it's one of these workshops it's called the eyewitness workshop i've been with nate as i mentioned in burma and uh, or myanmar as it's called we've done some evangelist training stuff together and and uh, the eyewitness workshop is really to equip us for what's coming and equip us to do that which God has placed on our hearts to do. So that is going to be um, Friday coming at 6.30 p.m., 6.30 to 8, and then Saturday morning for two hours. Then we're going to do some practical stuff, some practical options. Nobody's forced to do anything, but I can tell you. And then in the evening, we're going to gather again for a couple of hours at 4. I think it's 4 to 6, but it may not even be that long, but we're going to get together for some practical. It's going to be an equipping time. And then, of course, next Sunday, Nate will be speaking. Um, and like I said, I, I tell you what, Nate is an evangelist, and the, the most common misconception in, in, in evangelism is that you've got to yell at people and speak to people and tell people, turn or burn, or whatever the case is, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you what, it's so not true. In fact, a little story, when I was in, I went to Bible, Bible school in South Africa, obviously, 
And then I, I had a, a laid, the Lord laid on my heart very strongly to go to mission school. And I couldn't explain it at the time. I wasn't very mature in the Lord. And I was like, man, I don't know why, but I had this like massive draw. The, the love of God had so touched me in my first year at Bible school. And, and just one thing happened after the other. And I just knew in my, in my knower, in the inside, that I had to go to mission, this mission school. And they had a live-in missions year program where you stayed on premises for a year and you did practical missions. And, and there was all kinds of different things. And, and I must be honest, when, it's, when anybody said the word evangelism, I felt very negative. Inside me, I felt like, oh, because I had all these emotions connected with, with the word. And, and maybe many of you don't, but I'm just letting you know, this is, that's my story. It's like I, was, I had this very negative connotation to it. And, and, you know, I did, little did I know that in just a couple years, my whole life would be totally transformed with the concept of evangelism. Because what I thought evangelism was and what it was is two different things. So I'm asking you, by the Spirit of God, stay open to what God has for us in this area. Because, as we know, God has given fivefold, fivefold gifts, gifts. He considers the, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher a gift to the body of Christ. They are gifts to us. And like Paul said, I long to be with you so that I can impart to you some spiritual gift. There's an impartation, and, and preachers can tell you, or teachers can tell you, when they're sitting in front of people, you can, you can either, at some places, you can feel whether people are drawing it out of you or people are resisting you. And Jesus said, listen, if they're not going to receive you, just go move on. That's as simple as that. Just go, go with his favor. But, but I tell you what, prepare your hearts as you pray about this month and what God's saying to you. Will you dare say, Lord, here I am I? And that doesn't mean, oh, God's going to send you to Africa. It just means that you're willing to be part of the kingdom solution. You are designed. Last week I spoke about your purpose. Each of us have a purpose to do. And when you find your purpose in kingdom vision, it's like that hand in glove. It's like that snug fit where you feel, ah, oh, that's what I was born for. That doesn't necessarily mean that you've got to be a fire-breathing evangelist. But an evangelist, that gift of that, of that Nate is and that he communicates, he, he is going to stir up the gift inside of you, and your gift that God has given you will find a place in the kingdom vision. Does that make sense? You see, if we don't find our place in the kingdom vision, you know, we can have all these weird ideas. But I tell you what, you are created for a purpose. You are created for a purpose. And so um, I want to I just encourage you, as you pray, just prepare your heart so that, what you, that you're ready to hear and receive that, which, that, that gift. Because if you want an impartation from Nate, you've got to have a heart ready for it. It's up to you, just like the parable of the sower. That is our foundational parable, right? If you don't get the parable of the sower and look for... Um, Jesus says, how will we get anything else? And there, we know that the seed is the word of God, but our hearts are the soil. We can have hardened hearts. We can have hearts that are just going to, just a little bit shallow. We can have hearts that, we can have hearts that are crowded in with the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches. Remember the thorns? So remember the heart is up to you and I. 
that's where we believe. We believe in our hearts, etc., etc., as we, as we teach here. So, so prepare your hearts. Allow God to just minister to your hearts. But um, why, is this, why is this so critical? I think it doesn't take a sort of a rocket scientist to, to, to look up and see what's happening in the world around us. We're seeing craziness happen. We're seeing people respond very negatively. We're seeing a lot of lawlessness rise up. We're seeing a lot of hatred. We're seeing a lot of anger. We're seeing a lot of fear. That ain't from God. That is from the lawless one. That is the spirit of lawlessness. And we can either, we can respond to what God has for us. We don't need to coincide and walk in step to the beat of that drum. We can hook up and, be in, and, and hook up with what the Lord has for us, and that is totally a totally different call. We have a rallying call to hear the voice of somebody else, to hear the Spirit of God that's inside of us. And as we respond to that, I'm telling you, your life will, will not be the change. But, but I tell you what, these people that are trapped in this area, yelling at them and arguing with them on Facebook is not going to help. You may as well yell at a blind man and criticize him for not seeing. All he's going to do is get mad at you and think you're insensitive. We have to have the right words to speak. We have to have, but you know, God says, I've given you weapons. My weapons of warfare are mighty through God for the, for the pulling down of strongholds. And he says that we have words. We have the ability to speak and to take down darkness. We have, been, we have got the ability to help people be translated from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his son. And that's what we're about. We as believers, and, and most of you here in church today are believers, because why else come to church unless you were invited along or, 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 or came? We do have some guests online, but I'm saying most people watching this are believers. Amen. So let's hook up, guys. I'll tell you what, the Lord, we are alive at such a time as this. It is a great time to be alive. And, and I'm telling you, if you want to be used, like, like Nate said last week, will you, we, will you be like that man, as you, like uh, Peter and John, who said to the man at the gate beautiful, he said, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. And he was able to help him. He says, silver and gold, I don't have. I, I, mean, I, don't have, I can't meet your needs physically, what you're asking for, but I know what you really have need of. And we have that. We have that. You have that. You have that. So I, I tell you, in people in their dark worlds, are, are, there is just this, this level of hate and fear that, that we have got to see past. We have got to realize that it is goodness that we overcome evil with good. We don't overcome evil with evil. Jesus said we overcome evil with good, and that's how he does. That's why it's the goodness and kindness of God that leads people to, make, to repentance. Romans 2 Verse 4, because people get to know how good and kind God is, it leads them to change their mind, leads them to repentance. And you and I are the tools. You and I, you hearing me? You and I are the tools of being that goodness. But I'm telling you that you don't have to concoct that from you. The goodness that's inside of God, the God goodness inside is going to be empowering 
you, influencing you as you soak in what God has for you. So that you are automatically just a shoot or a hose of God's love and goodness. Is that, I mean, that's about, that's what evangelism is in a nutshell. Are you willing to be so loved and so swamped and so drowned and so inundated in the love of God that all that comes out of you is love? Does that sound good? Because I tell you what, that is what changes lives. That is what changes lives around you. Amen. So, you know, we, our, 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 our purpose statement here at Lake Haven is we exist that all people everywhere would intimately know God and experience His unconditional love. That's what our overarching purpose is. All people everywhere would intimately know God. Because you see, we've spoken about this a little while ago. If we know that God is good, and we've spoken about God's goodness, if we've tasted and seen that God really is good, then people run to God. But you see, why are churches emptying? Why do people run away from God? Because they don't know God. And if we, His children, are persuaded that God is not good, we represent that, then people are not going to come to Him. They're going to run from Him. But it is the goodness of God that causes people to change their minds. It's knowing and tasting the goodness of God. I mean, that, um, I told you a story... <laughs> I told you a story last week about um, a, um, a generator that was in one of uh, a crusade that I was doing in southern Malawi. We were far tip. It was a, a refugee camp, and people, the Senna-speaking people, had fled the jungles of Mozambique, and they were in there, and it was a real God thing, that, that a, a strategy that we could be in this area, and a very, very uncomfortable area to live in, extremely hot, the Sherry River, and, and um, it was the not the right season to do it but God had put it in our hearts it was just an there was a window of opportunity to reach these people before they went back into their jungles while they were out there and it was it was just amazing but I tell you what man you know when God when God uses opportunities like that when you sometimes (laughs) sometimes the wheels come off the bus let me just put it practically we're sitting in a nice air-conditioned room right now. Nice, real cozy seats. Thank God for new chairs, right? You know, you know but, but there's places out there where it's really not comfortable. It's really not. And I tell you what, if, you, if I had to tell you, and, and maybe sometimes we'll tell you some of the stories and that, we've, uh, that we've had to go through to get to some of these places, you, you know, like, you will think, oh, well, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Well, not, not every trip is bad and difficult, but but some of them are. And I can tell you what, that particular trip, before we blew up that generator right at the last night, you know, because we wanted to run that fan, as I told you last week, we, you know, we ran that big old diesel generator till it had, we'd killed it. But I, I didn't tell you that, like, early in the week, be, just before we started that same very crusade, how many blind people got healed. Gwen came in and tore our speaker's towers down. And I mean, it smashed our speakers. Our speakers were literally, were crumpled and smashed. They weren't working. And I was like, oh my gosh, here we are in the middle of nowhere. We are far from civilization where it's blazing hot. What are we going to do? You know, what do we, you know, and we were like, Lord, give us wisdom over here. And we literally took the pieces of the speaker cabinets. We duct taped what we could. 
we got inside the speaker cables, we reconnected cables, we set them on top of the truck just so that we could get sound to come out of them. And it worked. Guess what? The gospel went out. People got saved. People were healed. They didn't care. Oh, well, the speaker tower is not here. We guess we're going to go. You know, it, you know, yeah. You see, you see, there is a power in the gospel that we can touch on. And we will speak about there. You know, in Romans 1 verse 16, it said, Paul said, I'm not ashamed. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He says, because it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also to the Greek. Isn't that powerful? It is the power of God for the salvation. The gospel. The gospel, the word is good news. This good news is the power of God for salvation. And then in verse 17 he says, For, this is why it's powerful, because in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The content of the good news is says, guys, I'm going to tell you about a righteousness that comes by faith alone, not by works. You know, there is nothing as dead as legalistic religion. I don't think there's been anything that has driven more people away from God than legalistic religion. It makes my heart ill to see massive fancy buildings not that i'm against buildings but where loads and loads of millions of dollars are spent on structures and they are just religious actions that is not what god is about there is that is not what the gospel is about jesus didn't say go into all the world and build pretty buildings he said this is the power of god it's the gospel. And you know, you and I are conduits of this gospel. You don't have to have it all together. None of us do. Especially not me, as Karen and my kids can tell you. <laughs> but, but I tell you what, yeah, I, I, legalistic religion is so dead. And legalistic religion, you know that every religion will tell you, almost every religion will tell you, this is how you can get to heaven. Do good, do good, do more good, do extra good. Do super extra good and maybe. <laughs> right? They've got a version of that. If you do this, you know, th it, is, it is dramatically sad that most people who consider themselves Christians today don't even know what the gospel is. When you have to say most people who sit in churches today, quote unquote churches, you say, so are you going to go to heaven? And most of them were like, hope so. Sure hope I make it. I sure hope the good outweighs the bad. You know, one day I guess St. Peter will... You, that is not what the power of the good news is. And by the end of this month, as we speak about this topic today, I pray that you intimately understand the power of the good news. That you intimately understand the difference between dead religion and a relationship with a God who intimately loves you and passionately loves you unconditionally. Because like I said in the beginning, when you, we have that experience, we become a conduit of that to the, world of, uh, the rest of the world. And as you know, reaching people with God's unconditional love is how we're going to reach people. That's why it's number one on our board there. Reaching people with the unconditional love of God or God's unconditional love. 
And then, of course, the last one is connecting people with his cause. That's what we're doing here. We are connecting us. We are connecting this with his cause, the cause of Christ. I've been playing that role in the cause of Christ. So last week, I said, you know, we, we said that this was this, this purpose that we, you created. We are created unto a purpose. And, and one of these, yes, in, in intimate relationship with God, but we get to spend it reaching and being an element. We, and then we'll, we'll, we'll touch a little bit on about what God has called us to, but fulfilling that role. I don't want to go into that just yet. But why? Let's talk a little bit about the why. What is, what is the deal behind this purpose that God has sent us into the world? So very, very famous scripture. Everybody can almost quote it by heart. But John three sixteen to 18 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world may be saved through him. Hallelujah. And then he says in verse 18, he says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already. And we can, we can, yeah, is not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. You see, the only question, the only, the only road to is believing in Jesus, and we know that that's there. That is what faith righteousness is. That's why Paul could say, he says, he says, why, why is this good news? Because it's just by believing, by faith, by faith in Him, by grace through faith is how we're going to get say this the salvation. But go back to verse sixteen and there. If you would, please, Joy. For God so loved the world. Now, man, I tell you what, if that isn't a phrase to camp on. Because subject right over here is obviously we're talking about God here. But look at, look at these words here. For God so loved. Do you get that? That's it. God so loved. That's it. He so loved this whole thing, the whole motive, the whole why of the story is because God loves. Not God is willing and can't wait to crush people and judge people and send people to hell. I hate that phrase. No, God does not send people, anybody to hell. He is, it says in verse, it says, it says right there in verse 17, it says, uh, go, there, did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But in order that the world might be saved. Man had chosen his old way, and we know that what happened in the garden. Men still choose their own way today. But God sends his son, for God so loved the world. Who? The world. The world. Is there somebody that God does not love? No. No. Not homosexuals, if you want, to get, you want to get all critical and hypocritical. Not Hitler, not murderers, not even tax collectors. God loves the world. If you're sitting there and you have, because that's one of the lies that the enemy will perpetrate. They'll say, but you see, I don't qualify because, and you will name your sin. The sin that you struggle with. God can't really love me because, because that's, that has been a message of the religious world. So there's people out there, and you, oh, you wouldn't get me going to church. Man, if I had to go to church, God would strike down the wall, the roof would fall in. It's like, no, it wouldn't. 
God loves the world. And then, of course, Romans 5 says it so clearly, right? It says that, that he, because he has loved all of us. While we were still sinners, he's loved us. It's not because we're sinners. But there he says in, back in 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only son that whoever simply just whatever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then he says, maybe um, in verse 17, I just wanted to camp out a little bit on the word, might be saved. We've, we've touched on this, but the word sozo, we've got to say it again. Saved, to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction, to save a suffering from disease, to make well, restore to health, um, to, uh, to, dis- to deliver from the penalties of, of judgment, to save from the evils. I mean, it's to deliver, protect, make whole. That is what the word sozo means. So when you say might be saved, God's will is to deliver, protect, make whole, make well. Not just in the sweet by and by, but in everything. In everything. We can receive that. No matter what you are, whatever you lack in that area of wholeness, you can latch on to because that is what God came to give you. Why? Because He loves. And He loves you. He loves you. He loves you completely you know what it's like i mean unless it's just me but when you miss the boat or you fail in some way or you make some mistake and you feel oh, disappointed god and you feel like I, I you don't even feel the confidence to come to god you feel you don't feel the confidence you don't even you certainly don't want to go to church for whatever reason, but, but that shouldn't be. That is not the message that we are conduits of. This is because he has loved us. Now, in 1 John 4.10, I'm not sure if I put it in the notes, but in, um, Joy, I don't know if, if in, in first book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Now, in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Here he defines love. Um, and so we're still in John 3, 16. But in, in John, 1 John 4, it is there? Thank you. It's in verse 10, I think. 1 John, uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And that's a big fancy word, right? But really, that is to take the anger and judgment of our sin. Wow. This is love. That you better love everybody else or else. No, it's not. This is love. That if you do and you love properly, then your faith will work. No. No. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a propitiation for our sin. That lit root, if you study that word, and I'm, we're going to just touch on it today, but that really is God judging the sin of the world, taking your and my punishment on his body. Your every sin has been punished, has been paid for. Every sin. And every sin, if, it, if you study this book, and we can camp out, we can do a life group for a semester 
camping out in the book of first john because it says not just our sins but for the sins of the whole world it says in chapter 2 and if you go into the same chapter down in verse 19 it says we love because he first loved us think on that a little bit he we love and we can love because he first loved us hallelujah you see the message that we take to the world is good news because it's not like if you do this now listen to me for people that have been dwelling in church your whole life listen very carefully because people when they hear this they sometimes don't hear right because they hear in relig with religious ears God the message to the world that we carry is not God will forgive your sins. It is God has forgiven your sin. Now, I know, just hold your horses before you start throwing rocks at me. The message is not God will forgive your sins, Mr. Hitler. Mr. Hitler, the message is God has forgiven your sins. Remember the power of the good news. We just read it in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. I mean, Ro sorry, Romans chapter 1 verse 16. It says, God loved the world so much th that he gave. Right? I mean, sorry, I'm using the, the wrong quote. He says, um, uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. You see, there is one sin that God can't help you with. And that is whether you will believe in him or not that is it every other sin has been judged on the cross and the, the i i mean like i said i know that sometimes you can soak in this but if you get to grasp and understand the righteousness of god by faith and there's a great book that i recommend called the gospel of peace that we, we that we highly recommend it took me in my little religious world in my little religious mindset it took me three years to camp out in, in some of these truths now maybe you're much quicker than me and probably are because I'm a little bit slow off the block but but understand that the good news is right there is that God Jesus has taken the propitiation of our sin you see that in the book of Isaiah that he took our sins on him by his stripes we were healed he took the punishment that brought us a peace was on him the punishment that brought us the world peace was on him that's why Isaiah 54 and I, I didn't pull it up the other day there was that beautiful rainbow in the sky I don't know if you saw it it was like an arch-to-arch -arch rainbow right across. Re was at our house that day. It was like that, that a rainbow that was across the whole you know, heavens. It was like, my gosh, I haven't seen a rainbow like that again. And remember, that was the sign of the covenant, right? God said, if you see the, the rainbow, I will never again destroy the, the, the world but with water. He said, I, uh, he's going to put that rainbow. But in Isaiah 54, the straight after he talks about the suffering of the Messiah, the one who was going to come, that was going to take our sin, and, and he was going to get, he said that this is like the waters of Noah, he said, that I will never destroy the earth again with water. He says, so now have sworn 
that I will never rebuke you or be angry with you again. Okay, Shannon, so you're saying God will never be angry. Yes, not for sin. There is going to be a judgment day. So let me just be clear before you can put rocks down. <laughs> I'm just joking. But, but I mean, there will be a judgment day, but it's not going to be because of your sins. Jesus has taken the punishment for the sin of the world. It is simply be, are you going to try and be righteous enough to make it into heaven by your good works? Or will you trust what Jesus did for you? Did you... Did you Lock, latch on to Jesus. Is he? Because, like he said, in all these scriptures we've read, for those who believe in him, that's as simple as it is. And we, and, and we, we can discuss this a little bit more, but believing is a little bit more than saying, I believe it. I believe Jesus. That is not believing. That's just saying, I believe. There's a, there's a big difference between saying you believe versus believing. There was an old illustration you may remember about a famous tightrope walker who, and I believe it's a true story, I don't know for sure, but who took a wheel, he, was, um, he walked across the, the, um, the Niagara Falls, right? He walked across, he set it up and everybody was like, it was like the evil Knievel of the day kind of thing. He was going to set it up and walk across Niagara Falls and he did it. And everybody was like, what? He did it. He didn't die. Wow. The whole world was watching in anticipation and bated breath. He was going to do it. And then he said, oh, that's okay. And he put a wheelbarrow on there and he wheeled a wheelbarrow. And oh, man, you know, do you believe I can do it? Yes, you can do it. You know, so uh, he went to one of the guys and he says, you believe I can do this again? And he said, oh, yes, you can. He said, get in. See, it's a big difference, right? There's a big difference between thinking about it and making a mental acknowledgement and then saying, Lord Jesus, I'm going to trust you for my salvation. What you did on the cross was the punishment for my, pe my sin. I acknowledge that I could never be righteous enough. There's no amount of good works that I could ever do. No amount. But what you did is enough for me. You took the punishment for my sin every sin and so when i get to heaven one day i'm not righteous because jesus handed righteous cards out or anything like that i'm righteous because i'm in christ i join with the righteous one i i i, I participate in what he did he becomes the joint heir and we, we've spoken a little bit about this in identity but but we just need to we need to, we need to understand that that god did this beautiful act of salvation for one reason he loved. He loved. Love is the motive. Love is the motive. So when you go down to, if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, Paul says this, these very interesting words, and I'm reading first in the ESV version. He says, for the love of Christ controls us, it says. Now, other versions say compels us. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this. Now, listen carefully to this passage the one died for all therefore all have died and he died for all that those who live may no longer live for themselves but for him for their sake uh, but for him who for their sake died and was raised so or from now on therefore we regard no one according to the flesh even though we once regarded christ according to the flesh we regard him thus no longer therefore if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself or exchanged. The word is katalasso in Greek. It's literally to exchange, trade. God, Christ exchanged us from God who through Christ exchanged us to himself and gave us the ministry of exchanging. That is, in Christ, God was exchanging the world to himself, not counting their trespass against him and entrusting us to the message of exchanging. <laughs> I know I'm throwing a you for a loop here, but the word reconcile literally means exchange. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, making his appeal through us. Listen to this. We're ambassadors for Christ, making his appeal through us. God is using what? As ambassadors, making his appeal through us. We implore you on the behalf of Christ to be reconciled or exchanged to God. He, there is an there's an imploring that he's doing here. For our sake he made him to who had oh sorry, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now that is a powerful scripture that you can soak in and encourage you to just soak in it for a week or month, a year, whatever it takes. Because in this picture you see this ministry of exchange. He's given us this whole ministry of exchange and he says this is what Christ did and in him we become the very righteousness of God. We become the very righteousness of God. But I'm going to go back to the very first verse that I, mean, of that I read over here, verse 14. He says, for the love of Christ compels or controls us. That word in the, the word um, in Thayer's uh, and in Strong's, it says it, it's got to hold together, to constrain, to compress on every side, to hold completely like a prisoner. It says um, uh, to compel, to perplex, to afflict, to preoccupy. That is what the word means. It's, it's suneko, it's like suneko is, is the word to come. He says, but Paul is saying, listen, what is his motive? The love of God. He says, for the love of Christ compels me. Compels me. He says, I am driven by this love. And then he says, in, I want to read it out of Wiest. Um, Kenneth Wiest had a great translation, and, and he used also a great, great Greek scholar, and he, and he writes this in verse 14. For the love which Christ has for me presses on me from all sides, holding me one end and prohibiting me from considering any other, wrapping itself around me in tenderness and giving me an impelling motive. Giving me an impelling motive, having brought me to this conclusion, namely that one died on behalf of all. But you see that presses me on, holding me, prohibiting me from considering another option, wrapping itself around me in tenderness and giving me an impelling motive. You see, that's why this whole thing is about love. This whole message that we are and soak in is about love. Because if love, love is what is going to get, generate this, this, whole, this whole motive. Amen? So, okay, so now I wanted to take you to the, the, the commission. Now, we understand God's motive for all this was love. But then in Mark 16, of course, we hear the, the commission, the go commission that we all know about. And we see it in, in Matthew 28 as well. But in Mark 16, verse 15, it says, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel, the good news, 
which is what? Remember, Jesus taking the punishment, Jesus taking everything. You want? He's not holding your sins against you. He says so. He says, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. Now that's not God saying, "I'm condemning you." He's saying, "Listen." And we read it in the other in in John three. You're all condemned already if you don't believe it. This is the lifeboat. If you will believe, you will be saved. If you don't believe, you'll be just where you are right now, unsaved. God ain't sending you nowhere. Will you take this? God's love has driven us, right? It compels us to this work. Remember there's that scripture in John 6. It says, what is the work of God? Simply to believe in the one he has sent. But in Matthew 28, same, you know that all authority, Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18, James, uh, Jesus comes to him and says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. People, Jesus is with us. He is with you. You cannot be forsaken. You cannot be alone. Jesus is with you. And here he says, go and take this message to the ends of the earth. You see, as believers, when we have this radical salvation experience with Jesus, and I'm not sure what your radical translation or or salvation experience is, or you watching online, or even if you have had a radical salvation experience, but when you encounter the love of God, And I believe that he is, through these mere words, touching many hearts this morning. Because his motive is to love. And when your your heart, when you realize, God loves me that much, genuinely, and your heart is touched by his love, and you come to that salvation, there is nothing more fun than being a conduit of love. There is nothing, there is no purpose on earth There is no purpose on earth that is more exciting and more cause-driven and more willing to lay your life down for than being a part of that cause. That I can be a part of taking God's unconditional love to people around me. But you see, if we don't experience the love of God, if the love of God is just a doctrine in a church, if it is just some other doctrine, yeah, yeah, we believe in the love of God. I know all about that thing. <laughs> if that's all it is, I'm t- I, you, know, you, know, you know those times that hold those Holy Ghost times, if I put it that way, it sounds very Pentecostal and maybe it is. It's just that, it's just that when you have those times when, when your heart is just so overwhelmed with remembering God's love for you, it just drives you to tears because you're like, wow, God has loved, does God really love me that much? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. But you don't understand. I did this, I did this. You, can, you, you go and tell Jesus, can you imagine the cross in front of the throne of God? God cannot hear you about your sin.
Oh God, I've got to come and put snot and tears at the altar because I did wrong. And you know what God is like? What, what, what are you talking about? Now listen to me very carefully. Repenting is something that you do because you're in love with God. And repenting, as we've studied many times before, is to change your mind. The word repent means to literally change your mind. If you break up the Greek word, it's not anything else. But when you change your mind, you see, when you repent, it's not because you, God is there. Oh, I'm going to have to judge him for their sin. God is not judging anybody for their sin, people. Jesus was judged for the sin of the world. <laughs> it says it just in John 3.16. It's funny, everybody knows John 3.16, but everybody hardly reads the verses before it that says that Christ was going to be like that brazen serpent. Remember in the, in the book of Exodus, when, when the Israelites were out there and, and the brazen serpent, remember they were all bitten and they were dying from these snakes that would bitten them. And this is what he tells Moses, make a, a serpent out of brass, put it on a pole, raise it up, and anybody who looks to it will live. Everybody who looks to it will live. Jesus is the serpent, the brazen serpent. Oh, I don't know, brother. That's not what I've heard. Well, just read it in John 3, just before the famous verse of 16. This is exactly what Jesus, Jesus, why? Because he became, he was exchanged, he became the sin of the world. He took the sin of the world. He took the sin of the world. So that is what Jesus was, that he was lifted up. And just as he was lifted up, and we've studied that passage before, just as he was lifted up, so he will draw all to himself. That word, please, that has been so badly translated. It, there's no Bible in the world. If you go and look at the original text, it does not say that God will draw all people to himself. The word people is not in the original. Translators added the word people because they thought that made sense. The topic of that whole passage in John chapter 12 and 13 is that he says that God is judgment. Now is the judgment of the world, Jesus says. Now the prince will be cast out. When I, when he lifted up, I will draw all judgment to myself. And that's exactly what we see in Isaiah 53. The judgment of the world was on him. And that's good news. That is good news. But Shannon, you're saying that, that God won't judge me for my sin? No, he, he can't. That means I can go and live like the devil and he'll never judge me for my sin. No, he won't. Hold on. Just hold on. Yes, there's a big but. He will never judge you for your sin. But sin will pay back. You see, God isn't the one that decided what sin was. He didn't say, as you've heard me say before, he didn't say, oh, what's all the fun stuff in the world? Let's call that sin. He didn't name the, the fun stuff sin. Sin is the destructive things that God saw in the world. You play with fire, you're going to get burned, baby. 
If you think that because God has, has taken the judgment of the world that you can't be burned, you need to put your hand into a fire sometime again. If you play with sin of any kind, it will burn you. Sin will kill. And now does it say, if you sin, God's going to come down from heaven and beat you with a big stick? No, he cannot. Why? Because Jesus has taken the punishment for the sin of the world. Jesus has taken the punishment for the sin of the world. Jesus has taken the punishment. He is the one that was exchanged. He became sin. We, we read it, if we go back to second, let's go quickly back just so we can see it in black and white on the screen over here. Second Corinthians 5.21. You got that joy? I know you had it up earlier. There you go. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He has talked about the whole reconciliation, the whole exchange. We gave him our sin simply by grace through faith we take righteousness. Amen. So please don't misquote me or say Shannon says that God says it's okay to sin. No, but, but you see, why is it critical for us to, because this is how we experience, this is the love of God, because as we read in the, in the passage in 1 John 4 verse 10, it says this is how God reveals love. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a propitiation for His Son, for our sin. The very fact that our sin has been paid for, the very fact that the message of unconditional love is like your sin has been paid for, your sin has been paid for. Your sin has been paid for. Your sin. Oh, yes, and Mr. Hitler, your sin was paid for too. But I don't know so much. You know, unfortunately, the church is full of older brothers and not prodigals. You see, the older brother just wanted the younger son to pray. He just wants to, you don't know what he's been doing. In fact, you know, we can teach that a whole, I love to teach that right now, but I can't. That whole passage was never called the prodigal son. We called it the prodigal son. I know many Bibles will start that, but if you go and read that, exactly half of it is about the prodigal and the other half of it is about the older brother. And that parable starts off with Jesus saying, there was a man who had two sons. That's the first phrase. So that should be called the man who had two sons, not the prodigal. The prodigal came to his senses eating pig food and said, hmm, I think my dad's better than this. I'll just go back and be a servant. At least if I, I know I'll at least get food in that place because I know he's good. He had tasted and seen that his father was good. But it was the older brother who was like, I don't know so much. I've been working and slaving in this place. You don't know how hard I've been working and you haven't killed a fatted calf for me. God forbid if poor sinners have to be met by older brothers. What do you think the prodigal would have done if his older brother had intercepted him on his way to his father? You see, if we're going to be representatives if we're going to be representatives of the love of God, if we're going to be, we've got to, un we, we got to understand, 
we've got to grasp this awesome love and this awesome gift of what God has done for us so that we can become ministers of the exchange. Because when he comes and he gives us this, this beautiful um, uh, uh, commission and he says, listen guys, this is what I want you to be busy with. Be busy with reaching, going to all the world, all the world, to every creature. You see it in Matthew 28 and Mark 16. Go into all the world. Be part of this. Let's take the gospel to the ends of the world. People, America, Tavares, Eustace, Mount Dora, they need the gospel. They don't need more legalistic religion. We don't need more legalistic religion. Whether we have air-conditioned buildings or whether we're going to be outside in Walmart parking lot. God's power does not depend. This is nothing sanctimonious. This is not, and you've heard me say it right from the beginning. In fact, it's four years ago today I became lead pastor here. But I mean, it's like, this, uh, this, but it's not a, there's nothing sanctimonious about this. This is not a sanctuary. This is not an altar. This is a room. God is not here any more than he's there any more than he is outside the door. There's nothing holy, but we're so quick to get into religious mindsets and, and take on an Old Testament mindset about altars and sanctuaries and, and we think that there's something holy. There's nothing holy about this. There's nothing holy about the steps here. We can, I, can, I can walk around the back there and we can... There's no difference. You get it, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter where we are, but are we prepared to take the gospel to the world? And our world, are we prepared to be a part of that? Because you, as I said in the beginning, right in the beginning, you have a role to play. You have a glove-sized hole to pay for your hand. Something that makes total sense to you, total comfort to you. And, and you see, your driving purpose is not, well, I've got to go to my nine to five so that I can eventually get to do God's thing. No, your, your life can be about your thing. No matter what your thing is, I want you to find your passion and purpose. And again, I'm not saying everybody has to become a fire-breathing evangelist, but playing your role, just your role is enough. Playing your role, this world is going to be reached by the love of God. Yeah, so we are well able. You know, we are the agents of change. You and I, the true church, not Lake Haven specific, the church of Jesus Christ, the called out ones, the brothers and sisters with this vision who take on that commission and say, yes, Lord. I, who, was, who was just saying it to me this week? But it's just like, actually, we should all go into the world unless the Lord says, stay. Yep. Right? He said, go into all the world. The word of God said go. And that is not just this physically going, but it is going into the world, into the ethnos, into the ethnic, the subcultures of this world. The surfers need us. The, the, this people need us. The that people need us. All of these people go into it. We've got, to, we've got to be part of this awesome solution. But you see, it's so easy. And, and, and God has given us the tools. God has given us the tools. You know, you are well able, I am well able, and we are well equipped. 
And we're going to be talking a little bit about that in the coming weeks. But God has given us his Holy Spirit. He's empowered us to witness. You, it, and Nate, the gift of God of get, that he is to the body of Christ is going to go and do a whole lot by those three or four sessions next weekend. And I know some of you people can't, but, um, but I'm telling you that, that you're going to understand way better how he's equipped you to share the gospel. So be ready to receive that. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your great <laughs> love. We thank you for this exchange. Father, T mentioned being hilarious. Lord, thank you that we are so overcome with your love that we will wake up laughing in the middle of the night. I pray for the spirit of joy and gladness to come over the spirit of heaviness that some are experiencing. There are some right now experience a spirit of heaviness, whether you're, on, whether you're at home or wherever. Your heart is heavy. I'm telling you, God wants to take that heaviness away from you. What you need to do is give it over to Jesus and let him exchange with you. In fact, right now, whatever religious mindset you've had, if you've heard what he has said to you this morning, what he has said to your heart, what is the burden on your heart that you can say, Lord Jesus, this burden, children, this burden, my spouse, this burden of my fault, my failures, my sin. Lord, I'm coming to the throne of grace. I'm going to exchange that. And do that right now. I, I would encourage you right now, just imagine that. Imagine you walking up. The Word of God tells us very clearly in Hebrews that we can boldly walk up to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find help in a time of need. So whatever that burden is, if you feel like you've got a truckload, a wheelbarrow load, or your shoulders are burdened, the word of God to us is, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke on you and learn, learn from me, and I'll show you how to take a real rest. Watch how I do it. And what Jesus will do is he, as he has already, but you just connect to that right now, is I'm going to leave my burdens with Jesus and I take on his righteousness. Exchange your history. While your eyes are closed, I mean, just think about that. Imagine a document, a scroll of your entire history and a scroll of Jesus' history. His righteousness. Everything you've ever done wrong, everything you will be done, do, doing wrong. And you can scroll, you can give that scroll to Jesus and he gives you his scroll in return. That's what it feels like. That becomes your history. The righteousness of God. Next time you're about to beat yourself up, pull out that scroll. Take a good look at it. 
Which scroll are you looking at? Are you looking at the scroll that Jesus gave you? Are you looking at the scroll of your life and saying, but, no, there's, there's no but. It is by grace through faith we simply come to him. We give these things to you. We leave them with you, Lord. Intentionally, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've given to us. Father, I thank you that every one of us are empowered by your Holy Spirit to be agents of change as we ourselves are in the process and this journey of change. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Uh, praise the Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Yes, he is. Uh, as we prepare to leave, I'm going to ask you to stand. And uh, if you would, if you're able to stand, please stand. It's important that we, we believers, know and, and continue to remind ourselves that there are people that need Jesus. And uh, that's really the primary goal, is to be equipped to go out. And so this time that we're here, and those that are watching online, we do not take lightly. It's so important that we give people the opportunity to accept Jesus like we did. We had that opportunity to lead people to Christ so that they can miss hell and go to heaven. So put that in your thought as we prepare to do that now and every time that we do it. It's never old. People need Jesus and they need to be led to him. So let's do that now. If you're watching online or if you're standing here, but I don't know, there could be someone standing here that's not born again. That's not born again. Someone watching online that's not born again. Close your eyes if you would, and those that are born again, just pray quietly. Now those that are watching and those that are here, if you can hear me, repeat after me. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I reject the devil and I receive Jesus as Lord of my life. You said in your word, if I confess you as Lord, believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead, I shall be saved. I thank you for saving me, Jesus. Right now, I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, now, amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give those a hand that accepted Jesus. We remember that day for us. I do remember my day. If you prayed that, text the word prayer to the number that's on your screen and those that prayed that here or if you need prayer for infilling of the Holy Spirit or whatever that's going on in your life we just don't have these people standing up here looking good they do look good but the primary purpose is for them to minister to you so don't leave without coming up here if you need to be ministered to 
Amen? That's what they're here for. Praise the Lord. So this is, you know, <laughs> this is the heart of the gospel, people. This is what it's all about. Amen. So don't leave without coming up this week. We thank you that you're with us, and you never leave us, and you never forsake us. And we thank you that we're healthy, we're rich, we're blessed, we're prosperous, because you said we are, and we accept that, and we believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. Go out with a shout of victory. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You are dismissed.